It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, James Erpine. A lot to get to today. As always, subscribe, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and check out LockedOnReds.com where every single podcast is posted there. You can also follow on Twitter at James Erpine, at LockedOnReds. If you're new to the podcast, it's simple. We do this every single weekday, giving you your daily Reds fix. As I record this, the Reds getting set for the first of a four-game series against the Chicago Cubs. Two special guests on today's show. First, Doug Gray, RedsMinorLeagues.com. And a little bit later, Chad Dotson of RedLegNation.com. First, Doug Gray. And I caught up with Doug Gray, and I made the argument and, and tried to explain why I would consider trading Scooter Jeanette and Rasel Iglesias before the trade deadline. By the way, um, Red Locked on Reds writer Sean Young wrote about this yesterday. You can check that out at LockedOnReds.com. Here was Doug's answer when I said the Reds should consider trading Scooter Jeanette and Rasel Iglesias. Well, I think that moving Scooter Jeanette makes a lot more sense. Um, if you look at kind of what the Reds have, where their strengths are uh, on the farm system, they've got a lot of second basemen, and they've got second basemen that are close. You know, Nick Senzel's currently on the disabled list, but he's the best prospect the team has had in 10 years, and he plays second base. Behind him, you've got, well, I mean, right now replacing him in AAA is Dilson Herrera, who over the last month is hitting 323. And it's not like anybody's ever questioned if the guy could hit. It's whether he could stay healthy. Uh, he's healthy right now, and he's hitting. He plays second base. Behind him, you've got Shed Long, another top prospect. I mean, even in the major leagues right now, you've also got Alex Blandino, who outside of the first week, week and a half of, you know, major league time where he wasn't playing much, He's, he showed, you know, fairly good abilities in the major leagues. It's a very deep position for the Reds. Scooter Jeanette, you know, not going to lie, he's playing very, very, very well right now. Yeah. But he's only under contract for the next year and a half. If the right deal comes along, it would make way too much sense to move on from him, get what you can, and go to somebody else. It's going to save you money. And with how Jeanette is playing, it's probably going to bring back some decent value and in, in talent whether that's going to be somebody to help your major league team right now or if you, you know, can get a prospect or two that, you know, again, it, it's going to be somebody good given what Jeanette's doing. It's going to help you build for the future even more. Now, yeah. when, it, when it comes to Rysel Iglesias, I understand the idea of you don't need a closer on a team that's this bad. Like, I, I get that. That makes sense. And it would make a lot more sense if Rysel Iglesias were leaving at the end of this year or next year. But he's still under team control for quite a while. If the Reds feel that they can truly compete soon, I can understand why they want to keep him. At the same time, he's really, really, really good. Relievers are worth their weight in plutonium these days, and he's got a great contract. So his value is probably higher than any other Red. So I also understand why you would definitely listen to any call that comes in on Rice Glacius. Yeah, and that, that's where I look at it. Look, I, I get the idea of trading uh, Billy Hamilton or, or fans wanting to trade Adam Duvall, but their value 
is nothing. <laughs> in my eyes, I, I don't think their value is anything in the two guys that I think have a lot of value based on what they're doing on the field, what their contract is, et cetera, is a guy like Scooter Jeanette who can play multiple positions, is hitting the, the cover off the ball right now. He's not great defensively. He's below average defensively, but especially in the American League, I think he has value. And then there's always contenders looking for a guy like Rasiel Iglesias. I think he could get well, – what do you think Rasiel Iglesias, his, um, his trade value would be? I think it would be multiple high-end prospects. I agree, and I, I think that there's no way that the Reds should settle for anything less than that. Uh, I, I think the market has shown us what elite relief pitchers can get, and I, I believe that Rysel Iglesias still has four years left on his contract, and two of them are very cheap, and then he can opt into arbitration, which mm-hmm. he'd be crazy not to given what he's been able to do. Uh, and so you don't necessarily know what he's going to get paid for those two years, but you know, great contract, elite player, those guys tend to be worth multiple top 100 caliber prospects. Or if you're going to trade for somebody that's going to help you on the major league level, uh, you're talking about a, an established guy who's going to be an above average player. Like that, that's the kind of deal you're looking to get back with uh, a guy like Bryce Iglesias. Doug Gray, RedsMinorLeagues.com, joining us. He's on Twitter at DougDirt24. Um, I saw Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic threw out the idea of um, Adam Duvall going to Seattle. But it, he can't have much trade value, can he? I, if I were another team, I would be very hesitant about giving up too much for Adam Duvall. Now, that power is going to play anywhere that he plays. You know, Seattle, it's a, it's a bigger ballpark. They play in the American League West with a lot of other large ballparks, but that power is going to play. But he's off to a terrible start this season, and he's never really put together a full season where he's been really good, and he's always struggled in the second half. Now, for whatever reason that that happens, I think that we've all got our theories on it. The fact is, he hasn't put together a full season. And he's always been good in the first half and struggled in the second half. Well, now he's struggling in the first half. We're coming up on about a year since he had a really good stretch of hitting. I mean, I don't think that he's entirely valueless because he does, you know, power and defense is going to play. But I think that any team acquiring him is probably going to be looking at him, much like I feel that teams will be looking at Billy Hamilton. It's probably a guy who is a fourth outfielder who can help them you know, in, in different aspects of the game, but not somebody they're going to put out there every single day. Doug Gray is with us, RedsMinorLeagues.com. And as far as, in, and you mentioned Nick Senzel, that's the the player in, in a big reason why I would consider moving Scooter Jeanette. How is his health? Where is he at now? And uh, do you think ultimately he ends up here in Cincinnati at some point this year? Uh, right now, Nick is out in Arizona. Um, he's doing some baseball activities. As far as I know, he is not playing in any games out there yet. But um, he earlier this week, uh, Jason Linden of RedLegNation.com reported that he was out on the field in Louisville, kind of running around, doing some drills uh, before the game started. And So it, it seems that he's feeling better, and he's kind of dealt with the treatment side of you know, his, his vertigo issues. Um, I, I don't know exactly what the timeline is going to be in terms of when he'll come back to the field in, in, in Louisville. Um, I, I do think that unless there is another issue that pops up, that we're definitely going to see him in Cincinnati. But until he gets back on the field, that timeline really is unknown. Yeah, it's it's scary. It's worrisome. Do you think that that would affect whether or not, let's say he doesn't take the field for till late July, do you think that could affect the Reds' decision-making on a, a guy like Scooter Jeanette and trading him? No, I don't think so. And I'll be honest, I don't, I don't think it's going to be out that long either. Um, 
But even if he were to be for whatever reason, I, I don't think that that would really change the Reds' long-term plans. Um, and I think that if you're going to trade Scooter Jeanette, you are looking at things long-term. Um, and, you know, it, 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 for as good as Nick Senzel is, as we mentioned earlier, there are other quality options for the Reds to look at at second base. Obviously, they want Nick Senzel to be that guy. But if for whatever reason he's not, it's not like he's the only option they've got there. And the other ones they have are either there right now, and Alex Landino are very close with the guys they've got in AA and AAA. Doug, as far as, in this dominated our show, certainly the headlines of over the past couple of days, Joey Votto's comments. Did you hear Joey Votto's comments, and uh, what, were your rea- what was your reaction? Which comments are we talking about? Because I feel like there were a few different. Yeah, little, yeah, uh, the, the comments on the podcast that got everybody mad and, and, and upset, and what we kind of pondered his future and wondered exactly where his mind was at. The, the comments on the Yahoo Sports podcast. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I, I think that Joey is, I mean, he's frustrated a little bit, just like most Reds fans are. You know, they've lost a lot of baseball games. And, you know, I, I understand that, you know, some people. They, they don't want to think that the players, you know, should express themselves that way for whatever reason, which it, that, that concept doesn't make sense to me, but I understand some people out there think that way. But, you know, Joey is invested in this team far more than just about any of us are. I mean, unless you're working for the Reds, uh, I think that Joey's way more invested than anybody else. So, you know, dealing with as much losing as they've gone through and, being the kind of guy that he is, I think that we can all agree that Joey Votto is incredibly passionate and competitive about baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy puts his, his heart and soul into the game. We've seen all the things that he does and goes through to make himself the best that he can be. The frustration is real. At some point, all of us, if we're dealing with that, we're going to say something. The difference is nobody asked me on the record and puts it out there for hundreds of thousands of people to hear. I mean, yes, I get on Twitter and I say what I say, but realistically, nobody really cares what I've got to say by comparison to what Joey Votto is saying. So it's not a big deal to me. I, I understand it. I, it didn't really, it didn't move the needle on anything for me. I'm just glad he was honest about being frustrated. <laughs> like from, yeah. a, from a fan's perspective, I, I just, seeing the, the highest paid player on your team that stinks right now, as t- team-wise, they stink. Uh, seeing how frustrated he is, him discussing it, it's to me, it just pulls back the curtain a little bit. Like, yeah, he feels the same pain you do. Yeah, and you know, but the Reds are definitely in a rebuild. And I think that sometimes it gets lost that just because the front office is trying to, I don't want to say not necessarily win right now, but they're not putting everything they've got into winning as many games as possible in 2018, that doesn't mean the players aren't out there giving 100% every day and trying to win every game. Mm-hmm. Because they absolutely are. And I, I think that that kind of gets lost in the, in the conversation sometimes. You know, the, the Reds have a different plan, so to speak, as far as their long, long-term goals are than what the players have right now. Doug Dirt uh, 24 is how you can get him on Twitter. He's Doug Gray, RedsMinorLeagues.com. Real quick, Doug, while I got you, how has Brandon Finnegan looked so far in AAA? Uh, not really good, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Dang. He pitched two nights ago, and he walked three batters in three innings. He had three strikeouts, gave up a couple of runs, and then rain came along and kind of wiped out the rest of his start. But, I mean, he, he looks like the same guy that he looks like in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, the velocity isn't back to where it was before he got hurt last year. Um 
you know, he, he struggled to throw strikes. The consistency just it, it's not there. I mean, it's uh, that's uh, he looks just like this, the exact same guy. It, it's only been two starts in Louisville. Um, you know, they're they're probably trying to work on some things and get some things figured out. But um, you know, from what he showed the other night, I, I didn't see any difference. Now that doesn't mean it's not going to come. I mean, that it's it, it's certainly possible. We've seen what he's capable of in the past. But right now, I, I just I just don't think that he is ready to pitch in the major leagues. Doug, you wrote about Robert Stevenson, and that's uh, another guy that at some point we'll probably see up here if things go well in AAA. How is he doing in AAA, and uh, what can you tell us about him? Realistically, it, it's pretty much the same old Robert Stevenson. When he's on, he's absolutely filthy, and he can get just about anybody out. But too frequently... You'll, you'll have that inning or two where he's really not on, and he's either going to walk a bunch of guys or he's going to leave a fastball over the middle of the plate and guys aren't going to miss it. Um, it, it. It just seems to come down to consistency with Robert Stevenson, and um, it, it's been quite a while since he's really been that consistent kind of pitcher that you hope to see out of him. Do you think it's it's reaching the point where the Reds maybe not give up on him but just don't expect him – to make the rotation at any point? I mean, because if it's not going to happen soon, it's probably never going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this is his last season. He can be in the minor leagues. He will be out of options this year. So uh, he's going to have to either start showing something or the Reds maybe have to look at maybe putting him in the bullpen and seeing what happens there because they'll have to know, can he be this guy that we can count on as a reliever? And you don't want to go into spring training without him ever having that real experience. Now, he had that experience last year in the major leagues, but Brian Price didn't really use him as a reliever. He used him once a week, sometimes not even once a week, for two months. Now, that, that's not the same as putting him in there and using him like, say, they've used Amir Garrett, who we saw struggle last year. Now, granted, Amir wasn't healthy, um, but you know we've seen what happens when a guy who struggled, like Amir did, and he gets used regularly in the bullpen this year. He's a very different pitcher, and I, I do think some of that probably is health-related, but I think that some of it is, you know, he can focus on less um, and get more out of things in those one to two innings. And maybe that's something that can happen with Robert Stevenson. We're probably going to have to find out. Um, but I think that for right now, he's going to remain in the rotation. But at some point this season, if he doesn't start showing improvement, I think that it's going to be very beneficial for the Reds to kind of put, put him in the bullpen, even if it isn't Louisville, and see what happens if he doesn't start showing improvement. Because they're not going to have time next year to do this. Next year, he has to stay in the major leagues. So they need to know what kind of role he's going to be used in. Doug, what was your reaction to uh, the Reds promoting Nick Craw to general manager? Um, I, I think that my initial reaction was, this is weird timing. But the more that I thought about it, the more that I felt that maybe it was just something that comes along with the fact that if you looked at the titles, Nick Craw was listed as vice president, comma, assistant general manager. Now, when you're a vice president, in baseball, basically, there's a, a situation where other teams can't just kind of come in and try and take that person from your organization. Um, my gut feeling was that somebody approached the Reds and they were interested in talking with Nick Kroll. And so, in order to keep him, he got a promotion. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the Reds and Nick both have said that, you know, he's going to get more responsibility in the organization. He's going to have more decision-making power. And that very, that very well could be true. And maybe I'm totally wrong on why he got this promotion. Um, Nick's been with the organization for a very long time. Uh, I've talked with him a few times before. I really like all the things he says and does. But it, as the assistant general manager, how little 
influence did he actually have? I feel that as an assistant general manager, you're pretty influential in the organization. They didn't fire anybody. He just got moved up a little bit in the organization. Is that really changing who's listening to him more so than a week ago? I really doubt that. Um, so my, my gut feeling was that this was just a way to keep Nick in the organization um, and, and rather than let somebody else take him, and maybe they were going to offer him the general manager position. And so the Reds were able to keep him along just by giving him this promotion and whatever else comes along with that. He's Doug Gray. Check him out on Twitter, at DougDirt24. Also his website, Red, uh, RedsMinorLeagues.com. Doug, I appreciate the time. As always, man, have a good weekend. All right, thanks, James. Take care. That was Doug Gray. I talked to him earlier today on ESPN 1530. Let's get to my other interview. Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com, talked all things Reds with Chad, including the same question, should they make a trade? Here's what Chad had to say. I think that there's reasonable arguments on both sides of, of, with both of those players to trade or not to trade. I'm in the same camp as you. I think, uh, you know, if you can get some value out of either of them, I think you have to look to trade them. I think it's going to be a lot easier to find value for Rizel Iglesias, who's just a shutdown uh, closer, one of the best relief pitchers in all of baseball, I think, the, and, and signed to a fairly team-friendly contract. I think you could get back some pieces that, that could make the Reds better in the major leagues today yeah. uh, if, if you traded Iglesias. Now, Jeanette, on the other hand, you know, um, I mean, we all love Scooter Jeanette. Uh, he's a Reds legend uh, after the four-home run game, and he's having a really good season with the bat. But he's also got some weaknesses that uh, are pretty easily identified. He doesn't play, despite making a great play the other day, he doesn't uh, play defense uh, well at all. Uh, probably the worst defensive second baseman in the majors, to be honest. And he doesn't hit uh, left-handers uh, at all. Now he he can mash the ball against right-handed pitchers. So, but but those are weaknesses that every other team is aware of. So I'm just not sure how much you can get for for Scooter Jeanette on the on the market. Yeah, and but that's that's the thing to me is he's got another year. On his deal, if you're and you got to obviously clear a spot for Nick Senzel. If you were ever going to get anything for Scooter Jeanette, and he's a guy you signed off the scrap heap before last season, it would be now, right? His value, no matter what it would be, his value's at its highest point as we're talking right now, isn't it? You would think so. It might have been at its highest point just as that fourth home run and that four home run game was landing yeah, uh, right. in the uh, outfield seats, but it's likely not to get any higher from this point forward. Because right now, what the team that trades for Scooter Jeanette has him under team control for the next year and a half. Whereas if you wait till next year, when uh, you, you would assume Nick Senzel would be ready to take over on a full-time basis at second base, and, and he's the future there. I, I love Scooter. He's not the future for the Reds. Nick Senzel is. And uh, Nick Senzel's got a chance to be twice the player Scooter Jeanette is, frankly. And so trading him now, if you're going to trade him, makes a lot of sense. I don't have a problem if the Reds want to keep him around and let him you know, play uh, second base and third base and left field and right field and fill in wherever and have a nice little power bat off the bench when you need a pinch hitter against a right-handed hitter. I think he can provide value to a team that way as well. So there are a lot of different ways the Reds could go, and I don't know that any of them are necessarily wrong. Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com, joining us. Chad, what you make of Joey Votto's comments earlier this week on the, the Yahoo Sports podcast? I felt like he was talking to me, you know. <laughs> talking about how some people have gotten a little disheartened this year and, uh, you know... He's right. He's, I think, speaking from his heart as to what he sees. And, and it's the second time in the last two or three months that he is, to me, seemed like he's given a little bit of a sign to the front office that this is not okay. Uh, I know I'm supposed to keep my mouth shut and do my job, and he does his job better than anyone. But uh, 
but he, he needs to see some tangible signs of progress. That's what we're all looking for. And until the last uh, you know week or ten days, we've not seen a whole lot of those. Yeah, and that to me, it I instantly thought about the future. And is there going to be a time where Joey Votto's like, I can't do this anymore. I got to go. And I, I don't think he's there at, at that point. Heck, he's probably not even really thought about it much. But if it continues this way, I see a day where Joey Votto's like, you know what? I can't go through this rebuild and be 42 years old and left without a chance to win. I could see him wanting uh, at least in giving the front office a, a nudge to say, hey, get me out of Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think there was necessarily a subtext of trade me, but I thought there was a little bit of that, you know, hey, my time is limited. And he's right. You know, I mean, he signed a, a contract to be in Cincinnati for a long time. I think he's very happy in Cincinnati um, and would love to win here. But, yeah, he knows that uh, – He's still one of the best hitters in baseball right now, but uh, you know, Father Time is undefeated. Eventually, he's not going to be this player forever, and so uh, I hope that the Reds will show the front office will show the sense of urgency that they claim that they uh, have right now, and really start trying to improve this roster drastically immediately. Chad Dotson, RedLegNation dot com is with us. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Dotson C. I'm James Erpine, in for Mo today here on ESPN fifteen thirty. How good, how bad, how are you feeling just uh, on the, the Chad Dodson temperature gauge of uh, the Reds right now? Obviously, they had a successful West Coast road swing there. Uh, how are you feeling going into tonight? Hey, look, they've won seven out of their last nine games. They're ready for the playoffs, right? When, where do we buy tickets? <laughs> uh, you know, I think they're playing better baseball. They're playing a lot better, uh, a lot closer to what I thought they'd be this season. Um there, you know, the offense has been uh, has been much better. Votto's back to being Votto, getting production from some uh, sources. I didn't expect this much production necessarily from Scooter. That's been great to see. Billy Hamilton's getting on base a little bit. That's been good. Suarez has been just fantastic. You know, so that's been good. And then the young pitchers, the, the sort of trio there that we're counting on of young pitchers, uh, Luis Castillo, Sal Romano, Tyler Malley. You know, they're going to have their ups and downs, and they have just like every young pitcher in the history of baseball. But man, they're showing some real flashes of what I, you know, am hoping that we'll see for the next few years, where that is sort of the the rock of the Reds' rotation. Now they may they may be able to go out and trade for somebody to fit in at the top end of that rotation or some other guys to put in there. But uh, yeah, that's three pretty nice pitchers that I feel pretty confident are going to at least be uh, decent major league starters over the next few years. And so that's something we didn't necessarily know going into the year. It's comforting. Yeah, I agree with that. As far as Homer Bailey is concerned, he struggled in his last four or five outings. What do you expect from him moving forward? And honestly, is there a scenario where Anthony DiScalfani comes back and we see Homer coming out of the bullpen? That's a topic I explored earlier this week, actually, uh, at Cincinnati Magazine, because uh, what are you going to do if DiScalfani comes back? And I say if, because I'm never going to count on Anthony DiScalfani ever being healthy. If, but if he is healthy... He's an outstanding pitcher, still young, and you've got to give him a spot in the rotation. He has to take one of those spots. I, I looked into Homer Bailey's numbers a little deeper, and he's, his, his fastball is not as fast as it has been, about a mile per hour slower than it was back in his heyday, a uh, mile and a half maybe. And what's interesting, though, is he's not getting as nearly as many swings and misses off his fastball as he used to. And I wonder if maybe moving him to the bullpen, letting him really air it out, for an inning or two, throw hard. We saw what it's done with Amir Garrett, who's been who's his fastball is three miles an hour faster, uh, or four miles. 
than it was last year when he was starting. So maybe let Bailey air it out, and maybe he can have a second act to this career as a you know back into the bullpen reliever. I mean, I, I can see it happening. I just don't know if that's what the Reds are going to going to do because it's going to be tough to tell over Bailey to go down to the bullpen. But at some point, if he keeps struggling like this, I'm not sure the Reds have much of a choice. Chad, your impression so far of Matt Harvey through two starts? Well, he's just brought a new energy to this team, right? They're winning since he got here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He, he's been Harvey's been a little better than I expected. His velocity is still not what it was, not anywhere near what it was uh, when he first uh, appeared on the scene and then was the all-star starter in the all-star game and just a, a, a superstar pitcher, and he's never going to be that pitcher again. I've seen enough to make me, I guess, hope that he can be decent enough that the Reds can flip him somewhere around the trade deadline or before for some useful piece. Because there are going to be lots of teams that need uh, need pitching, a lot of contenders this year, uh, that's going to need a guy that can come in and, and get some innings. And, and if he can just show that he's healthy and that his head's on straight and that he's throwing strikes and, and doing well, you know, and so far I'm actually encouraged by what I've seen. And just, it's just been two outings. But uh, I'm hopeful, I guess, is the only way to put it. Fingers are crossed. Yeah, same here. I agree with that. As far as uh, this four-game series this weekend against the Cubs, they're going to get three or four, right? They're going to keep this rolling against uh, against Chicago, aren't they? They're, they're not going to win three out of four against <laughs> Chicago. They're going to win all four of them because oh, they're, okay. they're already 1-0 and against Chicago this year. So I'm just pretty much going to assume that if they can go undefeated against Chicago uh, during the Brian Price era, era then during this uh, new Matt Harvey era, they're just going to sweep the Cubs. Yeah, I agree. He's Chad Dotson. Make sure you check him out, redlegnation.com, on Twitter, at DotsonC, and uh, also in Cincinnati Magazine. By the way, um, is your book sold out? It keeps selling out Not at yet, times. Yeah, it's getting close. Everybody, everyone needs to rush to the bookstores to buy it. Okay. Yeah, the Big 50, <laughs> it's uh, in bookstores now. Hey, man, I've seen it twice now where it was sold out on Amazon. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's doing very well. And, again, that we always attribute that to the passion of the Reds fan base. Who's going to go buy a book about the Reds when the Reds are playing like this? Just a great, passionate fan base. Love, love this fan base. Well, they they should. I mean, they get to read about the good Reds. <laughs> yeah, remember those. Yeah, Reds? exactly. Remember the Reds, <laughs> Chad. I appreciate it, man. Have a good weekend. Thank you too, man. Guest heavy today, but I thought it was fun. I thought it was uh, a lot of expert analysis from Doug and Chad. So shout out to them for catching up with me. I like I said, I talked to them earlier t- today on my show on ESPN 1530. Well, enjoy your weekend. Hopefully the Reds can get at least a couple against the Cubs. There's a lot of stuff going on at Great American Ballpark this weekend, by the way. I caught up with uh, Phil Castellini earlier today. There's all sorts of stuff. Johnny Bench is at the ballpark. uh, Luke Feckel, UC's head coach, is throwing out, UC's head football coach, throwing out the first pitch tomorrow. Doubleheader tomorrow. It's four games, three days. If you have some free time, Great American Ballpark might be worth your time. Until Monday, thank you so much for listening. I'm James Rapine. Have a great weekend. This has been the Locked On Reds Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.